Today, I want to talk about an ex a heart expansion. I want to talk about having a heart expansion and the heart expansion as the master key. And I really just want to share my heart with you today. We have a lot of scriptures. Um, we have a lot of scriptures and I encourage you to read those scriptures and meditate on them this week. I encourage you to go back and uh, listen to this message at least two, two more times this week. Because there's something I really believe that God wants to say to us, a way that he wants to engage with us, that he wants um, He wants us to know his love and he wants us to give his love away, right? So I'm going to start with a very familiar passage of scripture. I'm using Isaiah 55, but I'm going to be reading it um, out of the message translation. And the key heading of that translation is, um, or that passage of scripture in Isaiah 55 is buy without money. So we're just going to walk through it. Right. And, um, I just, and I want you to just put your hand on your heart. If you, if you have the ability to, if you're not, um, driving, put your hand on your heart and just say, Holy spirit, expand my heart, Holy spirit, expand my heart. You know, before I get into the scripture, I want to say that I think that one of the dilemmas that we have in Christianity is that sometimes if we're not careful, we make being saved all about us. And, and if, you, um, if you're tracking with me today, let me hear from you. Uh, we make being saved all about us. And so, you know, we're super excited for all of the things that God desires to do for us. But, you know, one if we look at it, God really has a threefold plan for us. He wants to do something in us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know who we really are. He wants to do something for us. There's so many good things he wants to do for us. And then there are things that he wants to do through us. Right. So he, there he wants to do a work in us. He wants to do things for us. And then he wants to do things through us. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, we get really focused on what he wants to do for us. And we forget about what he wants to do in us. And we forget about what he wants to do through us. And if we're not careful, we end up with a very selfish way of living. Now, for those of you who were there for the live um, Pentecost service, you know that I taught about the prodigal son and I talked about how the product, the story of the prodigal son is actually really about three sons um, that we have this one son who goes to the father and he says, I want all of my stuff. I'm not interested in the family business. I am not interested in what the family does. I am not interested in any of that. What I want is my stuff. Give me my inheritance and let me go live my life. And we talked about how there are some believers who are like, listen, give me the favor. Give me the money. Give me the mercy. Give me the blessings and let me go live my life. I'm not interested in being connected to the church. I'm not interested in using my gifts. I'm not interested in showing love to my fellow man. Just give me my stuff. And we talked about how this son goes off and he uses everything that his father has given him. And he just wasted. He absolutely just wasted because wealth and favor without any vision just ends up in a mess, right? And you may be able to think, man, I've done that before in my life, or I know somebody who's done that. 
Then he comes to himself. Thank God for coming to yourself. I'm so incredibly thankful for the moments that I have just come to myself and realized that I was I was approaching God the wrong way or I had taken the wrong path or I was outside of his will. And I'm so thankful for the ability to come to myself. Is anybody else thankful for the ability to come to yourself? Is anybody thankful for the ability to be able to come back home? So we know the story that the, the boy comes home. He says, I want to be a servant. And I think we should pick up on in that, that when he's saying, I want to be a servant, he goes from saying, I have no interest in the father's business to being like, man, I'm willing to serve in my father's house, right? And so, but then the other son is the son who's been in the house all the time and the father's now throwing a party um, and the father's now throwing a party to celebrate that his other son has come back and the son that has been there, man, he is so religious. He is so regimented that he won't even come to the party. And so we talked about how there can be times that many of us who've been walking in with God and walking in the kingdom, we can find ourselves being jealous. We can find ourselves being salty. We can find ourselves feeling some kind of way because we feel like somebody got something they didn't deserve or they experienced the mercy of God that in a way that we don't think is fair. We don't think it's fair. How can this person, you know, been out in the streets all of these years and then they come back and you know and they get a husband in one year of being back and i've been praying i've been celibate i've been trying to live right how can this person they come back and they used to sell drugs and i've been tithing and i've been faithful and now they have all of this financial breakthrough and i'm still struggling paycheck to paycheck so i'm not coming to the party i'm not interested in the fact that my brother came home and I talk about how the third son is Jesus. And the third son says, I only do what my father does. I see my father do. And I only say what I hear my father say. Well, I want to be honest with you guys. This year, I feel like the Lord has really been wrecking me in this area of being like, I want to be like Jesus. I know I've been made complete in him, but I want my everyday life to look like Jesus. I want to be like him and be like, um, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I see my father say. I heard somebody say something in March that I really just can't untangle myself from. And they said there are over 7 billion people in the world and 5 billion people don't know that God wants them to come home. Now, when you hear that saying, what do you think about that? Because that was so incredibly eye-opening to me because we've been looking in the mirror translation. And it says, for God so loved the cosmos that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. And I love it. It says in that scripture, it says, and God is not about to abandon us. So the thing that I've really been meditating on is that God does not abandon us. Put this in the comments. God does not abandon us. And that if we really care about the Father's business, we have to allow Holy Spirit to expand our heart so that we care about people, so that we care about people. Do you care about people? And years ago, me and Pastor Ann, we used to make this joke. And um, 
It's like, do you love people in the concrete or in the abstract, right? Do you love the idea of people or do you love people in that? Have you allowed God to expand your heart that you are literally thinking, here I am as Jesus. And just like Jesus came to redeem and restore, I am here to redeem and restore. And I want every interaction that I have with people to be a reflection of his love. Now, I want to be honest. So we got a new lawn guy um, this summer. Our business, his our former lawn guy sold his business to this other guy. And last week when he cut our yard, he didn't do a very good job. He left all of this, the, the, um, the cut grass in our yard. Anybody who really cares a lot about their grass being cut, you know we don't like that, right? So yesterday he came back and he was waiting on me. And I said to him, um, I said to him, I said, hey, listen, you've got to do something about this grass. You can't just leave this grass in our yard like this. And um, and so he was explaining to me whatever he was saying. And I was like, yeah, but you can't do that. And when I walked away, the Lord said to me, you were right about your words, but you were wrong about your heart. Like I have the right to say, this is how my yard is supposed to look. And if you're going to cut my yard, this is the way it needs to look. But he was like, your heart in that moment wasn't to make him better and reveal love. Your heart was irritated because you didn't get what you wanted. And I was like, oh, wow. I really tried to meditate on that because a lot of times, is this resonating with anybody that you can be so right about your position, but your heart is so, you, you've gotten irritated, you've gotten aggravated, you've gotten offended. And I was thinking about this week on TikTok, um, there was this trend and this trend was about um, believers who operate as two people. And there's really a TikTok trend. And so they're showing themselves smoking weed and they're showing themselves shouting. Right. And all these people are in the comments and they're going, um, all these people are in the comments and they're going, yeah, we appreciate the transparency. And I found myself just being really irritated by that. Because obviously, to me, that is such an entirely bad reflection of God. But I also found God leading me to pray for them because what that means is that when you're still content being two people, what that really means is that you don't fully understand that you're complete in Christ. You don't really understand that you can be... Um, um, that you are complete in him, that you can crucify your flesh. You don't really understand that giving up anything that God has asked you to give up isn't a sacrifice. So I allow God to shift my heart from being irritated with them to being to really looking over their videos and praying for them and just praying that there would just be a love revolution um, in us that would impact people. Right. Um no, they should have called it the double-minded trend. It is double-minded, but I think the point that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us is that when people don't respond like Christ, is our heart to help them remember who they are 
or is our heart just to be irritated and aggravated? Like, it's like, I don't like that you treat God that way, but God told us that he loves the world so much that he gave his son and he is not about to abandon the world. And so do we sometimes allow our irritation, our own focus, our own plans cause us to not be interested in the fact that people don't look like him. And really, if we're honest, to not have any interest to not have any interest in elevating them. Is this making sense? Y'all got to talk to me today, right? So I want to look at Isaiah 55 in the message translation. And I really want us all to just work on us translating our, uh, expanding our own heart, opening up our own heart, asking God to open up our heart. So then in every situation, we are willing to love people the way that God loves people. Now, I want to say this, and I'm going to come back and say this later, but you're going to find that when we get to John 13, which is a scripture that we are, um, that we are going to look at today, that we are not just called to love people. And really that's been the message of the world that we're called to love people. But Jesus actually says, love them as I have loved you. And the love of God is always designed to cause us to remember who we really are. The love of God, you can put that in the comments. The love of God, when God is correcting us, when God is giving us vision, when the Holy Spirit is engaging with us, it is always for the purpose of remembering who we really are. Correction should be for the purpose of remembering. So if, if I see Chris out doing something that she shouldn't be doing, I need to stop and pause and say, when I get ready to correct Chris, is it just because I'm irritated? Is it just because I'm afraid? Or is it that I'm really saying, Chris, I want you to remember who the father really made you. And this speech, this behavior, these choices are so far beneath you. I really want to give you an opportunity to be really self-reflective today, because I think if many of us are honest, we've even said things like, how many of you have said this? Come on, tell the truth. They just want to be crazy. No, they just want to be crazy. They just want to be that way. They just want to be, um, they just want to be caught up. They don't want to be free, right? And let me ask you a question to just stop and think about. What if God had felt that way about you? What if God had said, you just want to be crazy. You just want to be in sin. You just want to be an idiot. You just want to make dumb decisions. You don't want to be free. But the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his son, that he said, even if they think they want to be that way, I am sending Jesus to help them to remember. So as Jesus is in the world, so are we. I'm not talking about some passive love where I say to Chris, anything you want to do is okay. I just want you to be happy. I just want you to be free. It is this love that says, I am so invested in the father's heart for humanity, the father's heart for this planet, that I allow him to expand my heart. Somebody say, expand my heart, Jesus. Expand my heart, Jesus. Expand my heart. 
Expand my heart so that when I correct my children, I am correcting them to remind them of who they really are. Expand my heart so that when I engage with a coworker who's gossiping too much, I don't just cut them off and I'm not, irrit I'm not irritated with them, but I'll actually pray for them. How many times have we been irritated with someone? How many times have we been offended with someone and we didn't even stop to pray? No, I'm just telling on myself today, right? Because I really, when, when this person said, there are set over 7 billion people in the planet and five of them don't know the father wants them to come home. That really pricked my heart that I don't want to have an encounter with someone who does my lawn, with a family member, with a cashier, with a waitress. I don't want to have an encounter with anyone and miss the opportunity to display Abba's love toward them. I don't want to show up in any way that doesn't reflect him. And I believe that has to be a conscious decision that we make to say, I give up my right. Hear me, pause. I am not talking about allowing people to abuse us. Because as I was saying to my friend Yanika yesterday, I'm not saying every one of us is called to everyone. But even when you, are, when you need to separate from someone, do you pray for them to remember? Or is it just, I don't get down like that. I don't fool with Chris no more because you know what? I had to level up in my life and I had to cut Chris off because Chris wasn't trying to go where I was trying to go. Like we really need to think about even in our attempt to create healthy boundaries, do we show up and show his love in that way, right? So let's go to... to um. Isaiah 55. I hope this is blessing you guys. I hope this is making sense. I can't see a lot of the comments for some reason today. So I don't know if I don't know if y'all saying much or anything or not, but I believe that you are receiving something today. So we're going to read this entire chapter. We're going to read this entire chapter and we're going to read it out of the message translation. It says, hey there, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Are you penniless? Come anyway, buy and eat. Come, buy your drinks, buy wine and milk, buy without money. Everything's free. Why do you spend your money on junk food, your hard-earned cash on cotton candy? Listen to me. Listen well. Eat only the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. You should highlight that. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. Oh, that's good. I'm making a lasting covenant with you. The same one I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. What's the covenant? Sure, solid, enduring love. What has God agreed to for us? Sure, solid, enduring love. I set him up as a witness to the nations and made him a prince and leader of the nations. And now I'm doing it to you. You'll summon nations you've never heard of and nations who've never heard of you will come running because of me, your God, because of the, the Holy One has honored you. Now in this right here, he is really talking about how Jesus is coming. He's giving them a prophetic word and he is talking about, he was like, listen, we spend a lot of money. We spend a lot of time trying to buy that does that which doesn't satisfy. 
The truth of it is, is that we need wealth, but wealth will not fix low self-esteem. Wealth will not make you feel loved. Wealth will not, it, it won't do that. Wealth is good for what wealth is good for, but wealth will not fix only what God can fix. He says, you, we spend a lot of time buying and trying to get and trying to be in places as though those things can make us whole. But I need you to put this in the comments. Only Jesus makes us whole. He is the one who has complete us, com completed us. Only Jesus makes us whole. So he's, he's talking about how we're going to how we're going to come to the Messiah. And when we come to the Messiah, when Jesus comes, he's going to summon all of these nations to him because the holy God of Israel has honored him. And then it says, seek God while he's here to be found. How many of you are so glad that God is still here to be found? Come on and give God some praise. You're so excited that God is still here to be found. Seek God while he's here to be found. Pray to him while he's close at hand. And this is really what I want to get into. Let the wicked abandon their way of life. So I was looking up that word wicked last night. And that word wicked, it means to have a view that is contrary to God. So let the wicked, the person who has a view that is contrary to God, abandon their way of life and their evil way of thinking. Hold on. I want to pull it up in the King James. Y'all listen, come on, because I really believe that God really wants to use not just fellowship of champions, but people all over the world, believers all over the world, that our hearts would wake up and we would begin to partner with him the way that he the way that he wants us to partner with him so that we can reach the world so that our heart is expanded for people so that they can experience love um through us because it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance now here's the thing the way we really the way we have to thanks chris it says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call unto him while he is new. Let the wicked one forsake his way. Let the person who thinks differently about God forsake his way. Now, I want to use this for this perspective. I don't want to talk about what we normally call sin. It is wicked for me as a believer not to care about people and the world the way God does. I have a view that is different than God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So when I get so consumed with my dreams or I get so irritated with Ralph because Ralph's behavior is so contrary to the kingdom, that I am no longer willing to pray for Ralph. And really in my heart, I just want Ralph to get whatever is coming to him. I am now operating from a wicked perspective. And we can see that because when Jesus encounters the woman that has been caught in adultery, right? And he tells her accusers to stand before her. Then he says to her, he does not just say to her, you're free. He says, go and sin no more. Turn from your wickedness. So his mercy doesn't just stop her from getting what she deserves. In his mercy, he says to her, change your behavior because there is a new way, right? 
Can you pull that scripture back up in the King James? Let the, um, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while him is new. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So because I'm new, because I'm complete, because I'm a Kano's creature, I want my thinking about people to align with his thinking about people. I want my thinking about situations to align with his situations and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. It should be our heart's desire because of what Jesus did on the cross that people would be drawn back to the father so they can receive the pardon of sin. Amen. Is this making sense? Now I want to go back to the message translation. Verse eight. He says, I don't think the way you think, the way you work isn't the way that I work God's decree. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they water the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom and producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them so you'll go out in joy and you'll be led in a whole and complete life. How beautiful is this? God says the reason my words won't fail, he says, I don't think like you think and I don't operate like you operate. And the reason that my the benefit of my words not failing is that so you will go out in joy and you will be led into a whole and complete life. So the benefit of God keeping his word about people is so that we can all go out in joy and we will be led in a whole and complete life. Come on and give God some praise for that. Now, you could read that scripture. And if you just stay in the Old Testament, you're like, well, Pastor Sean, what do you want me to do? He says my ways aren't his ways. He says he doesn't do things like I do things. But what, so what am I supposed to do? I'm so glad you asked. Let's go to John 16, 13 through 15 in the Amplified. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears. From the Father, the message regarding the Son, he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All the things that the, fa that the Father has are mine. Because of this, I said the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and reveal it to you. Man, this is so beautiful to me. So in the Old Testament before Jesus, they say, hey, listen, 
God says to them, gosh, you don't think like I think and you don't move like I move. And then Jesus comes and Jesus says, but the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth so you can think like God and you can move like God. So you can respond to people like God so that you can show love like God, so that you can lay hands on the sick like God, so that you can cast out devils like God. The Holy Spirit will come and show you the truth. He will show you what God what God desires for the planet. He will show you what God desires for the people. He will teach you to move like him. Say this, say, teach me to move like you. Teach me to move like you. But we have to yield to Holy Spirit. Does Holy Spirit have permission to expand our hearts? Does Holy Spirit have permission to stretch us? Does Holy Spirit have permission to correct us? Does Holy Spirit have permission to say, Sean, you were right about your position about your yard, but you were not right in your heart. Does Holy Spirit have permission to say to you, Courtney, yes, you are right about believers who are acting this way, but you are wrong about your judgment. Let me show you how I see them so that you can correct them from love so that your desire, your desire is to see them restored to me. So let's stop and pause and have this moment of self-reflection. Do Here's a question that you should just ask yourself and let the Holy Spirit go through and help you identify truth, your truth right now. Do I actually care if people know him? Do I actually care if people know him? Do I care if people know him? Am I interested in sharing his love? When I, when I go to the store and I need to get something and I'm, I'm in a hurry, am I interested in showing his love? Am I interested in showing his love when I see the man or the woman on the corner? Am I interested in showing his love to that family member who I feel like is always acting a fool? Am I interested in showing his love? Am I interested in the father's business? Now let's go to John 13. John 13. Now, let me tell you something. What we focus on is going to get expanded in us. So when we turn our attention to say, I want to love people the way that you love people. So I need you to teach me to see people the way that you see people. Because I want to say this. Um, sometimes we're too harsh on people because we're not operating in love. And sometimes we're not holding people accountable because we're not operating in love. Because we sometimes think that being nice is the same thing as operating in love, right? So John 13, 34 through 35 in the message translation, it says, let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, love one another. Okay, so this is a command. He says, love one another. In the same way I love you, love one another. So he doesn't just tell us to love people. He says, 
love one another the way that I have loved you. And in order for me to do that, I would have to know how he has loved me. And again, in God's love for me, he has never said to me, go and keep sinning. He has never said to me, I understand that you have a bad attitude because this happened to you when you were a kid, so keep your bad attitude. He has never said to me, um, it's okay for you to keep living the way you're living. His love says to me, Sean, I love you enough to, to come and take you exactly the way you are, but I love you too much to leave you the way that I found you. My love is designed to bring you into radical remembrance. May the love of God bring us into radical remembrance of who we are and who people are. Come on, somebody press in for that today. May the love of God bring me into radical remembrance of who I am and who people are. Let's keep going. It says, let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. This is how everyone, so they won't know because we got on the WWJD t-shirt. They won't know because we check in that we went to fellowship champions this morning. They're going to know that we have been marked by him when they see our love because our love is going to look like his love and our love is going to pull people out of darkness our love darkness is just the absence of light the love of god is light our love is going to step into places and change the odds. Our love is going to help somebody realize they are not their circumstances. Our love is going to pray for the sick and see them recover. Our love is going to correct and call people to radical remembrance. They will know we are his disciples, not by our churchy lingo, not by how many conferences we go to. They will know we are his disciples by our love, which means that when my goal is love, when my goal is not just to be a good person, when my goal is not just to be a moral person, when my love is not just to look like the world, I give up and abandon my right to do things. And I think the truth of it is, is that many of us have tried so hard to be relevant that we aren't operating in power. I, 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 I we, we, we want to be relevant and, 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 and they will tell you, I said this 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I said a seeker friendly church is a bad idea. I said, if you create a church culture. That is like, come to church however you want, stay however you want. If, if That if you do that, you create a people who get comfortable 
in their carnality and they believe that God has called them to be carnal and they believe in the double-minded pursuit and they believe that it's okay for me to love God and curse a little because all we teach them is that we are interested in them being saved so they can have the best but not for them to go and bring back the other five billion people that are lost. And so what we have created is a culture that respects the comfort of people more than the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so love corrects, but love that doesn't correct from love, but, but correction that doesn't come deeply rooted in people's love deeply rooted in people's value. That's what I wanna be stared in our heart today, that we deeply value people, that we deeply value the price that Jesus paid for them, that we never allow ourselves to believe that because we have accepted Jesus, we are somehow superior to our brothers and sisters, that we are deeply committed to the Father's business of seeing people restored. Heaven rejoices when one soul is won back because heaven knows how God care, much God cares about one soul. Do we rejoice when one soul is won back? We must deeply value. I need you to get that in your heart. We must deeply value the restoration of people because that is what Jesus went to the cross for so that everyone could remember. Everyone, he wants everyone, not just my family, not just your family, not just women, not just black people, not just Asians, not just white people, not just Americans, not just Canadians. He wants everyone to deeply value the restoration of people so we can win the entire family back. But guys, we got to be honest. When we don't love like he loves, if we just tell the truth, because I believe this, the Bible says God desires truth in the inward parts. So I believe that when we tell the truth, our truth, we can get an exchange for his truth. If we could just admit, it's some people in my family I ain't thinking about no more. It's some neighbors I ain't even, I don't care whether, I, I'm not talking about getting to know them and go over their house, but you know what? I've never even prayed about, I've never even prayed for them as I drove down the street. If I can just admit that the people who rub me the wrong way, that believers who believe differently than I do, that the new agers, that the witch people, that all of those people, I feel justified in turning my love off for them. I feel justified in that. Or I have become so lackadaisical that I just wanna be so nice to everybody that I don't say anything that I think will shock or pull people into their new identity because I just need everybody to like me. Even if they like me and they're going to hell, even if they like me and they're tormented by devils. I just co-sign and I agree. So I'm either over here being all hard, going off on everybody, or I've developed a position where I don't care about anybody, or I'm just 
you know, girl, you know, have it your way, do whatever you like. And none of those represent love. None of those represent love. None of those represent love. And I am praying, I was praying for us this week that God would expand our hearts, that we would begin to hold cities and schools and nations and states and people groups in our heart. And that we would say, I was thinking about this, you know, that, and some of you have heard me say this, um, that we, you know, that many people like God will be like, God, uh, God, uh, Holy Spirit will be like, I'm giving you this city. And we think about in terms of having the city or having an industry in terms of us being lifted up and not in terms of if God has given me a school, if God has given me a city, it's that because he wants his love to reach to the uttermost parts of that city, the uttermost parts of that school, the uttermost parts of that nation, that he wants to be able to flow out of me in such a way that people who think that he has forgotten them, people who think that he has abandoned them, people who think that they have gone too far to come back, that they literally encounter love and run smack into love in such a way that they are changed forever. And I believe that's what we have to begin to pray for. That we have to begin to pray for. I'm not, and, and I want to say this because I think Christianity has taught us to be nice but not powerful. Nice but not powerful. And it's time for us to take our position from a radical position of love because the love of God is power. It is the power to set the captives free. Listen, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. My God, this is so good to me because I believe God is looking for some people that want to turn the world right side up. They want to say, listen here, I know, let me tell you. Okay, so I'm just going to, because I try to be real transparent and not that transparency that's proud of carnality because they're not the same. They're not the same. And I really want to say that the love of God is power. But when I talk about transparency, I'm not talking about saying, oh, I love God, but I cuss a little because I should be ashamed of doing anything that doesn't bring God honor. I should not be OK with handling people any kind of way. I should not be OK with ugliness in my heart. I should not be OK with not being tenderhearted toward people. I should not be okay with that. So I was having this conversation last, I don't know, two Sundays ago or something. I had said, you, you guys have heard me talk about this before. Um, that one of the, one of the, in my personal opinion, one of the things that has been incredibly challenging about being a prophetic person, being a prophet is that I often know things. And to be honest, some of those things I don't want to know. Like I really know, I really want to know the good stuff about people. I do not necessarily want to know when people are making choices that are going to bring destruction to them. So some of you have heard me say this before. I'm going to tell it real fast, but I went through this period of time where I got offended. Yes, offended. Sean Strickland got offended. I got offended because I did not like how people were handling me when I would say to them what God told me to say. And I really didn't like it because the same people who would get mad at me about correcting them believed that I was you know, right up there with Jesus when I told them that they were going to get the job. 
And so I got offended. I can admit that I got offended. And so because I got offended, I literally shut down and I went through a period of time. I'm not proud of it. I went through a period of time where literally I was like, I'll preach, I'll pray for people. But listen, if what they're doing isn't about to kill them. Yeah, about that, because I'm not going to be out here. For on one day, it's like, oh, my God, Pastor John is the best thing since sliced bread. And on the next day, it's like, oh, my God, Pastor John is trying to control me because I told you that you're not supposed to live with that man. I was like, bump it. Live how you want to live. I was offended. My offense in my mind became a reason to justify turning my love off. And I'm sure I'm telling you this because this helps somebody. It became a reason for me to justify turning my love off. And so instead of standing in the position that God was calling me to stand in, I chose to take another position and then I chose to do my assignment the way that I wanted to do my assignment. But God just kept dealing with me because that's how much God loves us. He just kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me, kept dealing with me. And then he would bring people to speak into my life. And and I would get so mad when somebody would say, I'm just going to tell y'all my story. I would get so mad when to people who didn't even know me, they would be like, you're a prophet. And I'd be like, I am not a prophet. I don't fool with the prophets. I don't want to know nothing about no prophecy, whatever the case may be. And then I talk about this all the time. One day, Bishop Corletta Vaughn invited me to come and speak at her conference, not as a preacher, but in the constructs of my work. And she said to me, you need to grow up. It's the most powerful word anybody has ever given me. You need to grow up. You need to grow up because you believe that your offense is permission to abandon God's assignment for your life. And many of you have heard this before, but you have not heard it and made a decision that your offense is not permission. But they hurt me, but they talked about, see, you still think your offense is permit, and that's why I don't fool with people, and that's why I don't sing on the praise team, and that's why I don't try to lead at my job, and that's why I don't do this, and that's why I don't do that, because the last time, they hurt my feelings, and they injured me, and so instead of taking my injury to the Lord, and allowing the Lord to heal me, what I did was I took my offense and used my offense as permission for my disobedience. I used my offense as my permission for disobedience, still going to church, still tithing, still shouting, still praising, and literally hearing God say sometimes, tell this person they are better than that and being like, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm -mm. I'm not going to be able to do that. Because I cared more. Hear what I'm about to say to you. I cared more about my own reputation than the father's business. You could just repent right now. You ain't even got to wait till it's over because repent means to remember. It doesn't mean to cry. It doesn't mean to say you're sorry. The truth of it is I cared more about my reputation and about my feelings than the father's business. So the Lord started to work on me, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Fast forward years, transformation, 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 social transformation, blah, blah, blah. So the other week, I'm joking, but kind of not joking. Let me be honest, joking, but kind of not joking, which is why I don't play about people joking, because most people got truth in their jokes. Okay. And I say, 
oh, what I'm about to do is I'm going to go ahead and be quiet. Because I had noticed that the same thing was starting to happen again, where like, oh, Pastor Sean is amazing if she says, you're going to get the new job today. But Pastor Sean is not amazing if she tells you that you need to go to work on time and you need to work with excellence. And I have felt myself start to be like, I don't really need none of this. The, the truth of it is, I don't really need none of this. I know, I know y'all don't tell y'all business like this. I don't really need none of this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let grown folks be grown folks is what I'm going to do. And I said it just like that because that's how I talk. When I start getting into I'm going to do what I want to do, okay? So I say I'm going to do it. And Nitra actually tries to bring me back. She says, you know, you've done that before. It's almost like she's trying to remind me. You've done this before. You've been in this situation before. You probably don't want to do this. Girl, yes, listen. The Lord, I know he can send these 20 years. He done raised up some more folks that can hear God. Y'all need to tell your siblings when they act in a fool, because I'm, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm out of it. You want to be blessed and highly favored, blessed and highly favored. You want to go be free, um, go to the moon, whatever, right? And so I'm on the phone with my spiritual parents, and we're talking about something else. But I happen to mention this thing, not quite like I'm saying it to you, because if you got good sense, you know how you need to say things to your spiritual parents, right? And Pastor Tony, who doesn't always say something to me, he says, you know, you really can't do that. If you hear God say something and he tells you to say it, you really, you really can't do that. And I was like, now here's the choice, because here is what we, this is when we get to really learn whether we value submission and whether we value the people who speak into our life. So now I can say, well, Pastor Tony, just a man and Pastor Tony don't know what I've been through. Or I can say my spiritual father just gave me an instruction. My spiritual father's instruction aligns with the heart of God because I've been here before. Right. So what am I going to do? I'm going I'm to grow up. I'm going to grow up. All right, so listen, let me tell y'all how cute the Holy Spirit is. This is like on a Monday, on a Tuesday. This is my story. This just happened. On a Tuesday, this lady that I don't really know is on social media and she is really struggling. It's clear that she really struggling. I don't really know her. I'm only a social media friend. I haven't met her in my life. I wouldn't know her probably if she... um walked up to me right now, but she was really, really going through. And the Holy Spirit said, I need you to message her and tell her it's time for her to heal. I'm like, oh God, here we, I mean, literally it's just yesterday, but I'm, here's the thing. I'm going to obey quickly because I'm talking about heart expansion. So I sit down and I say to the Lord, Show me what you see about her so I can talk to her from the, your heart. So he begins to show me this destiny, this purpose for her, how much he loves her and how sad he is for her that she is still hurting. So I send her a message and I say, listen, you might cuss me out. 
And if you cuss me out, you probably justify because I'm all up in your business and I don't have the authority to be here, except I believe the Lord told me to say this to you. Now, I want you to hear what happened before I ever sent her a message. I sat with the Lord and I said, show me your heart for her. Show me your heart for her. I don't want to just talk to her and say, girl, you you you've been saved too long to put that foolishness on Facebook. You show me your heart for her, because if I'm going to speak to her, I need to speak from your heart. And so I begin to minister to her. She says something back. We go back and forth. And at the end, she says, I just need help. I don't know how to let this go. And now we have an opportunity to bring freedom. Because now she's tender enough that she can tell me why she's stuck. And then now I understand why God wants me to talk to her. Because soul shift is the work of letting go what you don't know how to let go of. But the truth of it is, if I'm honest, I had snoozed this girl probably five times in the last two years because I could hear the bitterness coming out. And I want to hear this. I want you to hear what I'm saying. We are not all called to everybody, but we are all called to somebody. And many of us only want the easy cases. We only want the easy cases. Even if we ourselves were a difficult case, we only want the easy cases. And when we don't get the easy cases, we believe we have the right to turn our love off, to become dishonorable and decide that people want to be broken and to leave them in that state. Hear me, I am not saying we're called to everybody. Sometimes you're not called to them. But even when you're not called to walk for them, when you see that come up on Facebook, do you pray for them? When you see them tweet that, do you pray for them? When you see them going through, when you see, when you see that people have gone back to what you know that they were freed from, do you judge them? Do you talk about them? Do you disconnect from them? Or do you say, do, do, you, do we even ask? Because anybody even said to us that we should ask, am I to play any role in Pastor Chris's restoration? Do I have any role in this? And even if, even if I'm not the one, can I pray for Pastor Chris to encounter the people who she can hear from? Maybe you can't hear from me. Maybe you can't hear from Pastor Ralph. But do Pastor Ralph and I care enough to say, hey, Ralph, I don't think they listen to us. But can we pray that the people, that the angels, that the divine encounters that are caused to help them to remember? Or do we just say, well, freak it then. Forget it. You get what you get. So let's go to 1 Corinthians and we can get out of here, guys. 1 Corinthians. Are y'all getting something from this? 
I'm reading First Corinthians. I believe this is out of the Passion Translation. I'm going to start with, we're they're going to pull up verse four, but I'm going to read verses one through three. They don't have that. Don't worry about that, guys, right? It says, this is First Corinthians 13. It says, if I were to speak with the eloquence of earth in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clean, clanging cymbal. Now, I just want to stop right here and say, if we're honest, there are times that people have not been able to receive from us because we didn't start from love. And we can just shift that. No, but I do love my cousin. Yeah, but you so angry at your cousin, love ain't what's coming out. Yeah, but I do love my hub. But you so angry, love is what's coming out. You're so, or you're so afraid of losing them, you won't say what needs to be said. Number two, and if I have where to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest faith that could move mountains, but I've never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous to give away everything I own to the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. I love this in the passage translation. It says, love is large. Come on, can you just lay your hand on your heart and say, make me large inside? Love is large and incredibly patient, which means consistent. Love is large and incredibly consistent. Sometimes people need the consistent, and this is why you, why you don't have the luxury to be out here living a double-minded life, because sometimes people need the consistency of just seeing Everett People know Everett's old life. They know his new life. They need the consistency of watching him transform. So they be, so they may start out making fun of Everett, but then what they end up doing is saying, if God can do it for Everett, Everett, can you show me how? But see, understand that if I get up today and I'm like blessed and highly favored in the morning, and then at four o'clock this evening, I'm about to cuss all of these mofos out. Understand nobody gets to see the consistency in me. So people who are struggling, they don't believe love is enough. Love is large and incredibly consistent. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Baby, it's that consistently kind to all. Come on and let this word purify us today. Let this word prove it is the consistently kind to all. Lord, make me consistently kind to all. Even the people who talking crazy. Even the people I know lying on me. Even the people I know plotting for my demise. Make me consistently kind to all. Help me, Jesus. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. That's another message for another day. Love does not brag about its own achievements, nor inflate its own importance. In one translation, it says love doesn't say me first. 
Love doesn't say me first. Now, some of you may be thinking, but Pastor Sean, you talked to us about self health, healthy self-care. But the truth of it is, is that when I talk about not setting yourself on fire to keep other people warm, you aren't setting yourself on fire for love. You're setting yourself on fire for fear. You are afraid if you don't set yourself on fire, they're going to leave you. That's not love motivated. That is fear motivated. So we can be doing all of these things for people that is not rooted in love. It is really rooted in this idea. If I don't say yes to Chris over and over again, I'm afraid Chris is going to leave me. So I'm willing to abuse myself to keep Chris. That's not love. Verse five, love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Who God, you could just lay down on this. Love, love does not traffic in shame. Love does not move in shame. Love does not take joy when people are in shame. Love does, come on, Chris said it right. Just lay down. Love does not get pleasure when people get what they deserve. Love does not love does not get pleasure in exposing someone. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect. When you get upset with people, are you disrespectful? Even in your heart. Because many of us, if you grew up in a black family like I did, you know how to mind your mouth. You, you know how to mind, because it's severe consequences for not minding your mouth. But I'm talking about what's happening in that heart and what's happening in those thoughts. All right, let's keep going. Nor, love does not traffic in shame or disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Y'all want to lay down again? Love is not easily irritated. Love is not easily irritated. How many times did you get irritated last week? Love is not easily irritated. Love is not quick to take offense. So when I was saying I'm not going to do what God called me to do, it sounds that I'm not developed. I wasn't perfected in love because my love was too, I was too easily irritated. I was too easily offended. Come on, just give God some praise. Say, call it out. Elevate me. Prune me. I need a big heart. I need a big heart. Love is not easily irritated. But Pastor Sean, you know what they did. I know, but love isn't easily irritated. God knows what we did, but God is not easily irritated with us. God, aren't you glad God is not quick to take offense? Oh, that's so good. Verse six, love joyfully celebrates honesty and love finds no delight in what is wrong. So if my best friend messing with somebody, man, I can't find no delight in it. If I see a believer out cussing, I can't find no delight in it. If I see you stealing and being dishonest and living a life that's beneath you, I can't find no delight in that because love celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Why? 
because it never stops believing the best for others. I want you to, for others. So even when I can't believe the best for myself, even when I believe this is as good as it can get, even when I believe that I can never be free, I can never stop smoking cigarettes, I can never stop fornicating, I can never have a sound mind. Love is a safe place of shelter because love never stops believing the best for others. So what love says is that even when you can't see who you are, I will not let go of who God told me you are. I will never, ever let you go. Isn't that what God did for us? If you make your bed in hell, there I will find you. You can't go no place that I will love. I will never. My kid is acting crazy, but I will not let you go. My daddy is acting crazy, but I will not let you go. That doesn't mean I'm at your house every week. It means in prayer. I will not stop saying, Father, I thank you for what you have declared over X. I thank you that your will will be done. I thank you that even now you are orchestrating and I release their angels. I ask you to intervene in their dreams. I ask you to interact when they're in the shower. I ask that every time they go to Walmart or Target, someone shows them the love of God. I ask that you will allow your will because in Isaiah 55, you said your word doesn't return void. I will not let go of your word. I will not allow the fact that they have disrespected me, dishonored me, and discarded me to cause me to let go of your word for them. I believe God. Let's keep going. Love never takes failure as a defeat because it never gives up. Maybe I can't be around you every day, but I ain't going to give up on what God said about you. And maybe in the natural, you done got on my last nerves, but I know that Jesus died for you too. Love never takes failure as defeat because love won't give up. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying someone is abusing you and you got to sit there with them. I am saying that from the place of prayer, I won't let go that this is not the real you. Even though you've been this way for 37 years, even though you've been this way for 57 years, it is my belief that before you die, you will remember, you will remember, you will remember, you will remember, you will remember who you really are. That is what God is looking for. That when we see the person standing at the store with a sign that says, help me, that we don't see a beggar. We see somebody who forgot who they were. That when we see a woman giving her body away, we don't see a hoe. We see somebody who forgot who they were. When we see a father that won't parent to his kids, we don't see a deadbeat. We see somebody who forgot who they were. And I believe that God is looking for his children to that he can download into you 
who somebody is. And if you never meet them, if you never talk to them, that you can hold them in prayer and say, I remember and I will stand for them. Maybe your family has given up on you. Maybe your friends have abandoned you, but I remember because I allow the Holy Spirit to download to me. Let's keep going, guys. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. Lord, help me never stop loving. Lord, help me never stop loving. Lord, let, let me never stop loving. Lord, help me never stop loving. Why? Because it was the fact that he never stopped loving that I'm saved today. Because he never stopped loving. When I was in the club, he never stopped loving. When I was fornicating, he never stopped loving. When I was fighting in the streets, he never stopped loving. He never stopped loving. I am here today preaching this gospel because he never stopped loving. He never stopped loving. He never stopped loving. I wonder if there is somebody with, that would say, God, is there somebody on my timeline that they think that you have forgotten them? They think that they're too far gone. They may not even believe in you, but if you give them to me, I'll carry them in my heart. I'll pray for them for the rest of my life. I'll pray for them until I see breakthrough. I'll stand with them. I'll cover them. They don't even have to know it's me, but God, I so believe in what you did on the cross through Jesus. And I know that just like you got me back, you want them back too. And I am not okay with you not getting all the people back oh god all right let's go love never stops loving it extends beyond the gift of prophecy which eventually fades away it's more enduring than tongues which will one day fall silent love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten right i'm gonna keep reading our present knowledge and our prophecies are partial but when love perfection arrives the partial will fade away when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. When I was a child, I talked about how somebody dressed instead of asking why they dressed that way. When I was a child, I talked about somebody's behavior instead of trying to love them out. When I was a child, I was judgmental. When I was a child, I needed to be right. When I was a child, I needed to prove that my view of scripture was the superior view. I needed to prove that I was superior because I didn't fornicate, because I didn't curse, because I didn't drink. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I talked about childish stuff. I talked about people. I talked about dumb stuff. I cursed the world. I didn't bless the earth. I didn't bless the leaders because I was a child, but then I put away childish things. I spoke like a child because I reasoned like a child, because I saw things like a child, but then I matured and I set aside my childish way. I'm called, who is setting aside their childish ways today? All right. For now we see, but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries through a reflection in a mirror, but one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. Just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. Let love 
be the beautiful prize for which you run. Let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. How would we change the world, guys, if we purposed that everything we did came from love? We give from love. We speak from love. We think from love. Not the world's love. Not the have it your way love, but the I want everybody to remember. So let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. What would happen today? What if it was just one person that you were like, who on my Facebook timeline can I pray for today? Who is there somebody that I need to be a blessing to? How When I go out to lunch today, give me the waitress that most needs to know your love. And then I understand that the waitress who most needs to know your love today may show up with a bad attitude. She may get the order wrong. What, what if I said, God, today and every day until I come to heaven, you can be loved through me. I was thinking last night about what an awesome opportunity it is to be able to pray. We're getting ready to go. And if you want to give your life to the Lord, I got three points I want to give y'all when we before we get ready to go. But listen, if this bless you today and you're making a commitment, God, I want you to expand my heart. I want to see people the way you see them. I want to see children the way that you see them. I want to see the elderly the way that you see them. I want to see people who are tormented the way that you see them. I don't want to just, I'm not interested in just hear me, guys. I'm not interested in being nice. Nice doesn't free people. I am interested in the love of God flowing through me so that people can remember because you can be doing things for years, but it ain't the real you. And I want to speak to somebody just because you're comfortable doesn't mean it's you. Just because you've always done it doesn't mean it's you. You're not called to be that mean. You're not called to be in that sin. You're not called to live in that place. I want to tell you that is not who you are. And I pray that you will have radical love encounters. And I want y'all to begin to pray that. I pray that every one of us will have radical love encounters. I pray that the love of God would encounter us in such a way that we are undone and redone. That his love would touch us in such a way that we would carry his love for the world. That we would say, I am not okay being judgmental. I am not okay being offended. I am not okay withholding love from people. I am not okay. I pray for radical love encounters. The love of God. The love of God is designed to wipe away spiritual amnesia. That's why it's better than being nice. Every place that we are blind, let the light of your love flood our eyes. Every place that we are deaf, when we are deaf to people's pain, when people when we are when we are irritated, when we are aggravated, let love overflow in us. The love of God is designed to cause us to remember who we really are. And the love of God has caused us to help others remember who they really are. The love of God wipes away spiritual amnesia and it causes us to remember that we are complete in Christ. 
and it empowers us to release lies and old identities and walk in truth. And it also encounters us to lead other people to release lies and old identities and walk in truth. Love does something. Love takes action. Love takes the action of the father. Jesus said, he said, you fed me, you clothed me, you visited me in prison. He said, when did we do this? He says, as often as you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. When you give them a cup of water, when you give them some food, when you give them a hug, when you remind them that they matter, when you did it unto the least of these, you did it to Jesus. If what we call love does not hear what I'm about to say, if what we call love does not align with the truth of the father, it is not love. There is no love apart from the father because God is love. There is no love apart from the father because God is love. He is both the definition and the definer of love. He is our example of love. And as Jesus is in this world, so are we. So I want to give you some questions to guide you this week. Some questions to guide you this week. Do my thoughts about myself and others reveal that I am intimately acquainted with God's love? Do my thoughts about other myself and others? Reveal that I am intimately acquainted with God's love. Number two, do my interactions with others show them God's love? Do my interactions with others show them God's love? Do my words, number three, do my words to and about others call them out of spiritual amnesia? Is the point of my conversation to reveal truth or just to talk? I just want to remind you, I've been saying this for a long time, that God is reintroducing us to ourselves. And I want to remind you that I'm not the standard and you're not the standard and your nice grandmom is not the standard. Jesus is the standard. I want to encourage you as you go through these guided questions that this week you begin to read the Gospels. And you begin to see how much compassion Jesus had for people. Now, I want to pray for us. I want to give you an opportunity. You can give your offering. Guys, you know that we're 100% tithing church. You know how our giving makes a difference. Listen, if you're in love, you already want to give. You're ready to give. But I want to pray for us. And we're about to get out of here. I want to pray for us. And I want to pray for us what I've been praying for myself. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus right now that you forgive me for attempting to live out of love. That you will forgive me for defining my own standard of love. And you will forgive me for justifying when I don't love well. I know that I can love well because your love has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I know that I can love well because your heart Your love has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Please forgive me for deciding that people weren't worthy of my love, that people weren't worthy of my prayers, for deciding that even if I had to cut ties with someone, that they no longer deserve my prayers. Please forgive me 
for not taking time out of my life to care about people, to care about the lost, to care about the hungry, to care about the broken, to care about the discouraged. And please forgive me for any behaviors and actions that I continue to have that make people think that your love isn't powerful. Forgive me for being double-minded. Forgive me for operating in fear. Forgive me for choosing to protect myself over letting love protect me. Forgive me for choosing to play the victim, for being offended. Forgive me for being too busy. Forgive me for being too blind. And I ask right now, according to John 15, that you would cleanse me. You said that you would prune me. So every place that I'm fruitful in love, make me more fruitful. And every place that I'm not fruitful in love, make me fruitful. Because I give you permission to expand my heart. Give me a heart that can hold a city. Give me a heart that can hold a state. Give me a heart that can hold a nation. Forgive me for the ugly things I have spoken about anybody ever. Anytime I have released word curses on people based on their behavior. Forgive me for the wrong things I have spoken about the government and the world. Forgive me for the times that I have buried my head in the sand instead of choosing to get involved. Forgive me for the times that I have shown up judgmental and critical. Forgive me for the times that I have operated in any way other than who I really am. Father, let my the words of my heart and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. Bring me into alignment. Even as I sleep, teach me your love. Even as I watch TV, teach me your love. Even as I go through my day, teach me your love and help me to be able to find your heart for everyone I encounter. And God, turn up my radar so the people that I am specifically called to minister to, that I will not abandon them. I will not forget about them. I will not leave them. I will not forsake them. I will not get irritated and I will not I will not quit on them. And I thank you for doing a new work in me that you can fully flood me with light. You can fully flood me with love that everywhere I go, people have encounters with your love, even when I'm not aware because your love is so big in me. And I thank you, Jesus, that you never gave up on me, that you never give up on me, that you never will give up on me, and that this is my position toward the world. Now, Father, I want you to have your just dessert. I want you to have every single thing that you died on the cross to give us. I want you to have it all. And so I position my Myself to be a partner in your business. Nothing is more important than what's important to you. Nothing is more important than what's important to you. Not my reputation, not my feelings, not what they did, not what I said. Nothing is more important. I put my life in proper position and proper submission to you. And Father, I thank you for radical salvation. I thank you for radical salvation. I pray for witches that don't know they have a way out. I pray for people that are atheists. I pray for people that are trapped in religion. I pray for the people that have come to the church and they thought there were answers and they didn't find any answers. All they found was judgment. I pray for the people that offense has blocked the door. I pray that it be dismantled. I pray that angels release, even go now, angels of love that cause your people to come back to you. You said that the whole nations will know that you are our God and we declare that the world will know that you are God. The world will remember in every country, in every continent, in every people group, 
the people of God will remember that they belong to you. And so we join in union with heaven and declare your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We declare that people will remember. We declare that our timeline remembers. We declare that our office building remembers. We declare that our neighborhood remembers. We declare that our old hometown remembers. We speak life. We speak light and we speak love. We declare the world remembers and the entire world will declare the glory of our God in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now I want y'all to know I could have kept praying into that, man. I just been praying into that just even as I sit, as I watch TV, as I'm walking down the street, as I'm riding in my car, um, because my heart really is that I want the, the father's work to be done. I want you to position yourself this week. Who am I supposed to minister to? Who am I supposed to connect to church, even if it isn't this one? Where am I supposed to make a difference? Who, what about that coworker that I've been aggravated with? What about that office I've had in my heart toward my husband or towards my wife, my ex, my baby daddy, my baby mama, What my mama, my daddy? Man, what about that? I'm willing to give that up. Now, when you give your seed today, I want you to call your seed expansion. I want you to call your seed expansion. Man, I just want to speak to somebody. I feel led by the Holy Ghost. We're getting ready to go. I know some of you may need to go, but I want to speak to some of you. I feel like that there are some people here and you have literally been covered in shame and you've been covered in shame because you've lived in sin for such a long time. And the enemy has actually convinced you that that's who you really are. But I'm here to tell you it's not who you really are. And I'm here to tell you that no matter how many mistakes that you have made, you have not gone too far from the father's love. And this is not just a come back as you are. This is a come as you are and let him change you. And I pray for people who feel unloved right now, that you would have radical love encounters. People who feel love, unloved right now that you would have radical love encounters, radical love encounters. And I pray for people that God is talking to you about promotion. There are some people right now and God is attempting to move you out of the place that you're in now into new jobs, into new seasons, into new places. And you're fighting to hold on to the old, but you don't realize that God needs you in the new because there are people who need you. They need you in that new job. They need you in that new role. You're needed in that new neighborhood. And so I pray that you will not allow your fear or your comfort to keep you in places when God has called you to another place to release his love. And I know you say there's still so much work to be done where I am now, but he is saying, I am calling you to a new place. I have someone for the work that you're in now. I'm calling you to a new place. Stop being afraid to let go. Stop fighting me. Stop fighting me. And so whoever that's for that, you know, that you've been fighting the Lord, you've been coming up with good excuses and good reasons to stay where you are because you are doing a good work where you are, but he's calling you someplace else. You need to step out by faith and say, God, I'll go. I'll go where you send me. I'll go to the city that you send me. I see a lot of relocations. I see a lot of relocations and I've seen this for months. People that God wants to relocate to new neighborhoods, to new cities, to new states, to even new countries. 
because he has work for you there. The promotion, the favor, they're just a part of it. They're just to get you in the door so that you can be who he is calling you to be because there are people in places that are really, really hurting that need you to show up and be light. And so I just need to see some people who are like, if it's me, yes, yes, in the comments, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. That's one thing I really loved about the Koji Church. Pretty much every Sunday, you would go sing, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yet, yet, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll move, yes, I'll let the job go, yes, I'll take the new position, yes, I'll, I'll allow you to train me in a new era, in a new area, yes, 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 because I want to be wherever you want to be. I got one more word, I think this is it. There are people out here, you have a timeline on when you're supposed to move. And the Lord says your timeline is not his timeline, that you have set that timeline because you feel comfortable. But that is not the timeline that he is giving you. And he needs you to surrender to his timeline because he knows things that you don't know. And your timeline seems practical, but his timeline is powerful. Amen. Amen. So that's what I have. But I just I'm praying. I want you to know what I'm praying for you. In fact, whoever has prayer on Tuesday night, can I have your prayer session? I just want to pray for pray for radical encounters. Literally, that that love would just flood you in your cells. That love would push out every kind of disease. That love would push out every kind of torment. That love would push out everything until you are literally standing there as an absolute beam of light. And I just bless you. And I encourage you to invite somebody to church next weekend to come to the huddle and to really plug in and be committed because guys it's not just about what God is doing for us it's about what God is doing in us and it is about what God is doing through us and it is about what God wants to do to touch the world through us and I love you guys so much and thank you for hanging out with me and pray for Pastor Edwin and have an amazing day and call your daddy and don't just get him no socks and give him a good gift and we love you and have an amazing day Oh, if you want to be a partner, you can, this is a dope church. If you want to be a partner, you can fill out the thing, come be a partner with us. All right. We love you. Have a great day.